Welcome, health enthusiasts. You're tuned into Health Unabashed on Healthcare Now Radio, your one stop shop for all things health, wellness, and innovation. We are here to shake up the status quo in health, making it sustainable, equitable, and oh so patient centric. I'm Greg Masters, your co host and executive producer, and I'm joined by the digital health aficionado himself, author, global thought leader, and might I add, in his executive role, steward servant. Gilbash. Together, we're on a mission to bring you the people, ideas, and the companies that are not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. On today's menu, Gil chats with surgeon, digital health pioneer, Raphael J. Grossman, MD, a fellow in the American College of Surgeons, whose website notes, quote, the exponential development of technology and its smart use will profoundly positively impact the healthcare system in ways that are Difficult to even imagine, end quote. So with no further delay, Gil, the mic is yours. Greg, I want to thank you very, very much. This is a a guest, a very special guest, Dr. Raphael Grossman, who is a dear friend to both of us. Obviously, anybody, anybody who is following the practical nature of innovation technology should be following Dr. Raphael Grossman. Outstanding surgeon, actually with multiple degrees, um, from around the United States. I even think you you spent some time consulting Raphael in the engineering department, probably of of, um, of, of Sloan or MIT, one of those great schools, um, great background. Dr. Raphael Grossman is an outstanding surgeon who understands that it's not just his um, intellect, his curiosity, his uh, tactile skill to sustain and save patients' lives that's uh, really brought to the table, it's actually also the surgeon's imagination. The ability to harness technologies, different types of technologies, in order to essentially bring the full weight of skill and knowledge to the surgery table so that people's lives can be better. Uh, Raphael, you told me a great story, a great story, oh, I think it was maybe last year or much earlier this year, that when you were really the first surgeon to use Google Glass in the OR. Um, the, the hospital administration was a little bit taken aback, to say the least. And um, they were probably saying, wow, why is he doing that? Is that a liability? Um, and you obviously showed them, on the contrary, it's improving patient care. Could you? I'd be curious, could you go back to that time? I mean, I know you're you're cutting edge on so many different technologies today. That's like an old story, but I'd love to hear it. Sure, sure. Well, thank you, uh, Gil and, and, and uh, Greg, for, for the opportunity. And, and it's really great to be here, at least virtually with both of you. Um, yeah, uh, you know, when I did that, uh, that operation, it was really out of uh, the uh, interest to make my, my teaching and my students learning better than it was using technologies that, that were not really created for that. Uh, Google Glass at the time uh, just uh, tried to stream my point of view uh, of an operation so the students would be comfortably sitting uh, nearby but not in the same space, uh, you know, relaxed and able to answer and ask better questions, better answers. And uh, with, with the perspective of the surgeon, you know, because of the design of the, of the Google Glass, which, which I still think it w- was brilliant. So when I first had the opportunity to uh, hear from the inventor of Google Glass, 
by, by Parvis, uh, back at, uh, at the Ames uh, campus of, of uh, the, the former Exponential Medicine, Next Med Health, my, my good friends, uh, um, Daniel Crafts, our good friend, Daniel Crafts, uh, enterprise in a way. Uh, so I said, you know, I have to use this device to 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 show better uh, the way we, we operate and to, to guide my students better. So I decided to do it pretty quickly after I got the device, which was also pretty pretty rapidly after I I, 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 I invoked <laughs> Babak Parvis's uh, interest and uh, and I wanted to to be not just the first one to do it, but the first one to impulse this this uh, movement of using a, a technology in a smart way to improve how connect and how we communicate. And in this case, uh, a Google Glass, which was something that was mostly advertised for taking pictures of your pet or, or, or your point of view, jumping in a, in a, in a, you know, from a plane or, or you know, music, or, uh, uh, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and it really uh, made a, a, a big difference, I think, in, in, in many aspects of my life, for sure. You know, next day I was just getting calls from 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 all over the world really to to talk about this and in in a way catapulted my my career in digital health which which had been there before to some degree because we started doing uh, you know telemedicine with iPod touch devices that was my first TED talk uh, back in, in 2011 you know two or three years before this operation uh, but in a way uh, people just couldn't believe this was done and it was really simple and not really planned you know I wanted to I've always been curious, you know, many, many years ago, you know, I would go down with uh, cardiothoracic surgeons down to the basement um, as they practice on Da Vinci. And I I'm sure that you were masterful on Da Vinci for, for our listeners who are not familiar. It's not a, it's not an architect or art form. Actually it was, and still is a sort of a, a large um, sort of sit down machine where the the surgeon can actually practice or rehearse the surgery that they're about to undertake just to go through trial runs and perfect it like any great professional would like a football player would they go out to the field and practice practice and then it's game day same with the surgeon their surgeons in a way are great athletes um, trying to save and sustain and improve people's lives they use technology to do that and i i was always curious because we, we tend to think of technology as something out there for the future. We, we don't realize that as a surgeon in the OR, you're, you're about to apply it tomorrow morning. You're looking at various technologies. And for a lot of us, when we're talking about the future of augmented intelligence or we're talking about different ideas, wearables and so forth, there's a hopeful aspect to all those technologies. In your life, it's a realistic view of those technologies. Um, do you mind sharing with us a little bit in terms of the 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 weight, the amount of of technology that you're using beyond the scalpel that's become commonplace in your OR? Sure. I, I think, uh, you know, technology is, is always there always expanding and uh, exponentially expanding and improving i think in in, in most in most ways uh, and uh, a lot of technologies are not really created for healthcare and i think that a lot of the technologies almost all of them can be applied to some degree uh, of of, tel uh, of healthcare from from education to diagnostics to treatment to rehabilitation and in, in my particular case 
for the last few years, extended reality, right? The, the, the combination of virtual, uh, augmented, and mixed reality has been in my radar very, very uh, uh, intensely over the last uh, few years. Along with, uh, at least in the last couple of years, for sure, uh, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the, the uh, uh, generative AI, you know, the large uh, language models, uh, all of that combined, along with haptics. To me, form the perfect equation as a surgeon, you know, to uh, to improve how, how we learn, how we uh, practice, how we diagnose, how we treat. I think those three technologies uh, are just uh, the, the perfect mix to allow us to to uh, almost uh, have no uh, uh, ties to the physical world, uh, non geographic or even time barriers. Sometimes, uh, I think that uh, uh, the uh, the amount of uh, of devices out there that are just XR or just generative AI or just haptics uh, is is phenomenal. And uh, combining some of them and, and some of them already combine the three ecosystems in a way uh, in ways that that are fascinating and and very helpful. I think for for surgeon. There's some there's some great photographs of you on your website. I encourage all our listeners to jump over to Raphael's website because it's not like a, a, a website of any doctor you would have ever seen before. It's it, it's really, you almost feel like you're entering the land of Oz and, and being introduced directly to the wizard. And, you know, first of all, I just want to circle back on something you just said that I think was really a shift because when we see VR, we automatically think of virtual reality. And you use the term XR extended reality and the virtual reality means it's almost divorced or separated from us our sensory system our minds extended reality is is almost creating a um the the infinite possibility it's like this the, the health professional or the person entering into the world of a, a bit the matrix they they are really connected to that world beyond very directly there's a a direct link. So when you think of extended reality, are you kind of signaling to us, I'm expend, extending the space of which I'm, no pun intended, operating in. My ability to think and see and act goes far beyond what my eyes and can see and my hands can touch. Can you talk a little bit about that XR element of your life? Yeah, I, I think extended reality is, is a great term, right? It's uh, as as you know, it's sort of is the term that that is used to combine uh, what virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality are in, in one big umbrella. But at the same time, the, the name is uh, is uh, exceptionally good because, as you said, in a way, it uh, expands your 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 horizon, your reality to uh, be more than what we can feel, hear, touch. Uh, I think that the extended reality uh, ecosystem uh, involves a, a lot of uh, different um, dimensions, if, uh, if you think about it, uh, to allow us to to almost uh, be, uh, I hate to say godlike, but, you know, allows us to have almost no limits to what we can do, right? I thought you were going to say Daniel Daniel Craftlike, <laughs> but Godlike me too. <laughs> you, you know, you're you're connected to Daniel in a way. You were exposed to Google Glass with you no know, Daniel, and I'm not surprised. By the way, it was you know in, in his sphere that this happened because he's 
his machine, his mind machine is working nonstop on the what ifs and how do I you know down to the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's flown in F-16s as a flight surgeon. He's a surgeon. He's doing you no know, exponential university. He's doing a thousand and one things. I, I just saw him last week. We were at health together. He flew his own plane from California to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's a person of, um, Incredible possibility, incredible, incredible possibility, as you, as you are. I, I'm wondering, does the circle you hang out in, does that influence your perspective about where you're going to go with technology? In other words, I sort of believe that when you hang out with really smart people, you get smarter. If you hang out with dweebs, then um, guess what? You're going to be dweeb-like. So... Um, do, do you do you kind of focus on who you want to hang around when you go to meetings? Well, you know, uh, Gil, uh, thank you for those words. I, I I don't feel that I'm smarter than than anyone else. Uh, I I do uh, feel that uh, the the connections we make uh, obviously make a difference for the good or for the bad. And uh, uh, I over the years have been blessed to get to to meet and then get to know and and, and uh, interact with. With, with many people, a number of people, uh, you included, Greg included, Dan Kraft included, and many others who, who really have shaped my my way of uh, thinking, my way of, of, of being in, in a way. I uh, I think that it's important, you know, especially for the younger generations, you know, people who's, you know, I get the question, of, hey, well, how do you how do you do that? What you do, how do you get there? Well, I think it's all about being in the right place at the right time, but it's not just a matter of fate or luck. It's very uh, much something active that you have to say, you know, okay, I'm gonna, let's say you go to health, right? And it's a mega meeting with thousands and thousands of people where you can waste three days of your life or you can make it very very useful by trying to in a good way target uh, the the right people to hear them to see what they are saying to 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 uh, you know try to uh, in a way impregnate yourself with the with the with the passion that they have for how to improve in this particular case, right? How to improve healthcare, how to make it better, how to uh, teach and learn better, and at the end have better outcomes and have a better provider and patient experience and, and better, uh, most efficient, uh, more efficient healthcare, but better cost and less errors. All those things are, are really uh, something that one has to actively uh, seek. And I've been just lucky really to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, but it, it just takes uh, like my, my godfather always to say, you know, God is a product of hard work. <laughs> and uh, and I think, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just thinking of this whole thing of like, you, you sort of suggest that it's luck and I'll counter and say, to some extent, there there's, you know, sort of divine providence and some extent we make our own luck. Um, you put yourself up there. You decide that you're going to wear a Google Glass and an OR. Um, and you, you know, you, you decide to take a, a, a smart, calculated risk to push the envelope forward. And I, I want to go to the other side of the equation for a few moments. You know, to the best of my knowledge, people go to medical school and they don't really have a a, a semester-long course for two hours in medical school that deals with the application of technologies that are popularly used. They don't have a course specific to you know, extended or virtual reality. They don't have a course you know, or a, a section of a course embedded on remote patient monitoring. They don't have a course 
on um, electronic medical records, uh, all of these technologies that you find that you you find as extensions of you, um, they have to go out into the world. They get their um, their MD. They're shoved out the door toward their residency, and um, and they have to be exposed. Some are eager to to push the envelope or to learn. Some are leave me alone. No, I'm just going to do this. Your your life. I mean, the essence of who you are is is sort of saying no, no. You think I'm exceptional. You are, but you think I'm exceptional. I'm actually just the 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 model of in your discipline of where you need to go. If you're not using um, uh, augmented AI, if you're not aggregated AI, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing that, you're not really living to your up to your base potential as a physician. And looking back at who you are and where they're coming from, and we've often together, you and I have talked about upskilling physicians the need for them to get at least um, intellectually savvy about technology. Do, do you think medical schools today are saying, gee, now we're teaching them a lot about physiology and biology and, and organic chemistry. We're teaching them about memorizing countless body parts. We're, we're teaching them about you know base medicine, observing. Maybe we need to invest significantly in their training around technology. Is that a gap in the physician's sort of training just dropping in you're right on time for health unabashed on healthcare now radio today we're chatting with surgeon educator speaker patient advocate healthcare futurist and digital health pioneer rafael j grossman md a fellow in the american college of surgeons stay tuned for the rest of the story Yes, the, 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 the quick and, and, and right answer, I think, to this is yes. You know, we, we are in a, in a very big, uh, a, a, a perfect storm, I call it, uh, to where, the, you know, the, as you know, the, the deficit of providers and, and the demand for providers in you know, populations living longer, getting older, it's, it's unsurmountable, unacceptable, unsustainable, not just the cost, but, but the actual practical resources that we have, the human resources, are just extinguishing very, very quickly. And you've heard the numbers, you know, 125,000 physicians in just 10 years or, or whatever the number is, okay? It, it's something that is, 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 we will not be able to cope with this. And at the same time, uh, we realize that uh, the, the, the fields that incorporate new technologies in different ways to augment and enhance what we do as physicians, you know, communicate, connect, learn, teach, all the things are not being given the right importance. To, to a degree, you know, there, there are having some changes. You know, you see what's happening at the at the digital uh, center of of, uh, of excellence for digital health and the FDA in the U.S. You think that uh, other projects in, in Europe. Uh, um, recently, the news about uh, University of uh, Texas at San Antonio uh, started a dual uh, medical school program, an MD program, along with AI. Uh, with an AI curriculum, uh, you know, you have programs like uh, like my good friends and, and you, your friend as well, uh, uh, Brennan Spiegel's at Cedar sinai where they have a master's in health delivery sciences, which I actually did uh, in my old age, uh, that uh, deals with with all those those uh, uh, uncommonly 
related to medicine aspects, digital health, you know, analytics, you know, quantitative and qualitative analysis, you know, cost benefit, cost effective analysis, you know, the EMR, you know, some policy, all the things that in med school are barely, you know, barely touched that are so important for a provider. I say a provider with, with, with intention, you know, a physician, a PA, or nurse, you know, for a provider to, to really upskill their game. I think that it isn't possible to continue to teach medicine the way we're doing it now. You start med school, you know, you do pre-med for years, you do four years of med school, and you graduate, in the U.S. at least, physicians that are, a, you know, I don't want to say incompetent, but, but really they're not able to perform as the You're physicians. You're not fully confident. Exactly. The competency is not really at the level. No, not be. at the level that is necessary in the 21st century. And then you go to residency for three to seven years, right? If you're lucky, if you match, because remember, you know, the residency positions are very few and the number of graduating physicians are many. I, I did a, a TEDx talk about this uh, in May of, of this year. It, it, it's a big, big problem as well. You, you graduate, you have this number of physicians that are graduated, real physicians who cannot touch a patient because they don't get into, into residency. But anyways, and then you go into residency, right, for three to seven years, and then you learn your specialty and you become an anesthesiologist or a family practitioner, or a psychiatrist or a surgeon. And then you, you have no time to deal with this other aspect in, in general, right? This other aspect of, of what medicine should be in the 21st century. And that is a big problem. And that's what we're trying to, to do. That's what we're trying to, to preach about, to advocate for. That's why you have uh, people like, like Shafi Ahmed, my good friend, uh, uh, doing with medical realities. Uh, uh, other you know platforms out there that are trying to inject healthcare with the, the, the necessary tools necessary tools in the 21st century. You know, listening to you right now, I'm thinking of the, the generation of physicians, health professionals who are graduating and, and your work. Obviously, your um, it wasn't your decision, but you've become a, sort of an international celebrity in medicine and technology. That's the reality. I mean, you've been willing to talk about it, to share your information, you're incredibly giving to your patients, but also to your profession. I mean, incredibly giving. Do you find that in applying for residencies, you're kind of bombarded? I'd, I'd be just curious to know, people know that you're where you are. Are Do they have the possibility to check off and say, look, my first preference is like Rafa Grossman's OR. No, can uh, I want to be a surgeon, like get me in there. Do you find that a certain type of medical school grad is applying to you for residency? Yeah, where I work now, we don't have, unfortunately, a general surgery residency. We have three other residencies in other specialties, but maybe in the future we will. But what I do find is that a very specific type of a medical student out there and I do a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot, but I, I do social media, mainly X, you know, formerly known by Twitter and, and LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, I try to have a presence and to give a message, you know, advocating for, for the use of tech in a smart fashion to improve healthcare. You do I mean, courses, by the way, I see on your website. You, yeah. you do have 
competitions and courses. Yep, we do, we do. And uh, but but you know, I like I was saying, and I'm also an international medical graduate, right? I, I I'm from Venezuela. I went to med school in Venezuela, and I came to the states as a foreign medical grad. So uh, a lot of that population, but also U.S. grads uh, who are looking for something different, who are uh, I don't want to say geek, but uh, they are looking for the smart use of tech to improve how they learn and how they teach and how they practice healthcare in the next 10 years. And uh, I get a lot of those requests and uh, I do a lot of uh, mentoring uh, uh, to, to to try to guide those people uh, uh, from, from how to network and who to network with to, you know, what resources to tap or, or you know, they have ideas and I just try to, in a way, help them navigate because, because it's, it's hard to navigate this, uh, this uh, ecosystem, I think. And you're also advising companies. I know you're on strategic advisory boards of many companies around the world, um, diagnostic, you know, technology tool oriented. Anything you can share with us that you know you don't have to share a name. Obviously, some of that's proprietary to that company. But anything you can share with us that when you say, "I'm look, I'm advising one company that really excites me," you know, stay tuned, follow me, and you'll figure it out. Anything you want to share? Well, I think that companies that, uh, as I was saying at the beginning, that uh, align extended reality with a, a integration of senses, including haptics and a generative AI, a, a will really dominate in a way a, how how we do, a, how we how we teach, how we learn medicine specifically. Many other industries as well, but I'm obviously focusing on on, on medicine and healthcare. A, I think that that's that's the most exciting thing where where you can a, a, be in the matrix of of sorts, a, a, a real player one a, a, a reality where you can be in a different reality, either a learning or teaching or doing a medicine. Uh, not just with your eyes, with a high definition screen and spatial, spatial audio, but also with your senses touching and you know feeling the different textures of tissues. Uh, I think that that is uh, uh, you know the, the, the certainly not the present yet, but almost the present, the future very very imminently. And also, if you include uh, as well uh, the collaboration, you know I call it collaborating uh, 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 collaborative air XR collaborative XR because it's XR, but it's not about you. I mean, if you're learning something on your own, but when you learn with others and when you share with others or do with others, you get better, right? And I think that uh, XR to collaborate and to connect and communicate better is really where, where, the, where, the, where the money is in a way, you know, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, for some people. But No, yeah. no pun intended. I know your dedication to patients. No, I've got to ask, have you tried out the new Apple um, headset? Not, not yet, not the actual headset. We, we have had some, some very good conversations trying to integrate the headset uh, into what we do and, and what we dream of doing. And uh, Apple, as always, is, is very receptive. Uh, the, uh, the actual uh, solution that they have uh, uh, people uh, play with, which is as if you had the headset, you can create any, anything you want uh, with, the, with, the, uh, uh, with the solution without having the, the, the hardware with you. Uh, I think that that's, that's really phenomenal. I've got to say Apple, Apple, Apple products, which I, I adore and, and, and adore. Uh, boy, I, I think they're, they're behind on the switch. I mean, they, the answer should have been, oh, sure, I've been using it all along. And then, you know, FOMO would have kicked in and we would have jumped in. Uh, Rafael, this has been just thrilling. Uh, what a great conversation. I'm looking forward to continuing this. I'm looking forward to bumping into you, whether it's it's Health Europe in, in June or wherever. 
I hope our paths cross again, not virtually, but in real life. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope so, my friend, and thank you, and, and Greg, and uh, I will, will definitely bump in 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 real uh, in real density, you know, very soon. <laughs> Maybe Daniel Daniel Craft and his plane will bring us together. Yeah, hey, I hope so. Take care, everybody. <laughs> thank you, Rafael. Have a good one. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that, dear listeners, is the last note for today's melody. A huge thank you to our worldwide audience for listening in. And tip of the hat to surgeon, educator, speaker, patient advocate, healthcare futurist, and digital health pioneer, Rafael J. Grossman, MD, a fellow in the American College of Surgeons. For more information or to access on-demand replays of our work, go to www.healthcarenowradio.com and select Health Unabashed from the Programs tab. We stream live three times a day, Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m., 6.30 p.m., and 2.30 a.m. Eastern, or 7.30 a.m., 3.30 p.m., and 11.30 p.m. Pacific. To keep tabs on Dr. Grossman's innovative work, follow him on Twitter via at ZGJR and on the web at www.RafaelGrossman, and that's with two N's, dot com. To keep tabs on Dr. Grossman's innovative work, follow him on Twitter via at ZGJR and on the web via www.RafaelGrossman, and that is with two N's, Com. Stay social with Gil and me on Twitter via at Gil underscore Bash, and that's B-A-S-H-E. And Greg Masters, M-P-H, and that's Greg with two Gs. And don't forget to give your tweets some zing with our hashtag, Health Unabashed. Until we meet again, pursue your passion for better health and no apologies.